welcome everyone. Uh, new host this week, uh, Chris Jones, five by five. Um, I am taking over because we are running something a little different this week. Uh, we've had this series of interviews of uh, people involved with rec poker. And this week, uh, it is our own Jim Reed's turn to uh, get on the hot seat. And it felt a little awkward for him to both be interviewed and be the host. So I am taking over the hosting duties, um, which is a pretty simple process. So um, uh, just wanted to let you know, okay, as always, we are sponsored by Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino, and website AMP. Uh, Running Aces is our, of course, local uh, card room. Got some great tournament series. They're starting up again. So uh, live is back there. Um, I'm looking forward myself to uh, getting up there in April to play. Uh, the MSPT is back in town for at Running Aces, which is a, a pretty exciting development. Um, but of course, everything at Running Aces is not just one person. It's run by a village. And so uh, before we get to talking to Jim, wanted to welcome our other panelists. Uh, so panelists, please introduce yourselves. Rob, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50 everywhere. I'm Kim Kilroy. I'm PetBat33 in most places. I'm Fergie56 in our home game. Awesome. Awesome. And then, of course, uh, I want to welcome uh, Greg Clem, who's been kind of uh, taking over uh, and doing these this interview series. We've really enjoyed the interviews with him. I know that that we've had some comments from from audience members who've really enjoyed them as well. Uh, Greg does a great job, and we're lucky to have him uh, put Jim under the spotlight today. So, Greg, welcome, um, and I'm going to turn it over to you now. Awesome, awesome. I I am excited about today because I think like everybody in the rec poker community, I know the name, I know the voice, I know the persona that is Jim Reed. Uh, and today I'm excited because I get to know the man that is Jim Reed and we get to turn the tables on, on him and, and he gets to sit on that side of the interview desk and I get to sit in his chair at least for, I don't know, maybe half an hour or something like that. So uh, are you ready, Jim? You got this... You got, you got your, uh, I'm ready and terrified, Greg, <laughs> telling you earlier, I don't get nervous often, but I've been nervous for the last hour. I got nothing to be time. nervous about. There's, there's only a handful of these questions that I think are, <laughs> are going to make you squirm, but uh, we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. How's That's that? it. That's what we do here at rec poker. <clears throat> Let's start with some softball. You know, I mean, just tell us how you got into poker and then tell us how you got to rec poker. Well, it was uh, poker has been sort of like a family game for me um, growing up. I always loved games. I always loved uh, um, card games, board games in my family. We always played uh, with my individual, like with my immediate family and with my cousins. I've got a big, big pool of cousins out there that we get along uh, pretty well. And then I just that I kind of graduated just playing games for money as a teenager, whether it was uh backgammon or spades or euchre or hearts and um that was i just i lined my pockets a little in high school doing that and mostly backgammon and and poker was just the next it, it was just such a beautiful game uh that you could play with more people and uh that was really it's just such a beautiful game i just it's so well balanced it's so elegantly put together it's a great mix of you know luck and skill um that it just became something that I spent more and more time doing when I had time to play. I was going to be playing poker. 
Um, it became the, you know, the, the money game that we played shortly after the boom. And then it just became something I started teaching people for fun. And then, you know, had some success online, started to get just good enough to get myself in trouble and uh, got involved with this group here. And, and that kind of is, is how it went. But it's really just been an almost like academic love affair with the, with the game itself for me. Oh, I think I accidentally muted you there, Greg. Hold on. Yes, try and unmute, Greg. I think I accidentally host muted you. Oh, no, there you are. You're in there. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, now we can. It did pop up and say I was muted. So okay. I've never heard the game called Beautiful before. I love that. I think that's awesome. One has to wonder how it was all conceived because you're right. There's so many layers to it. There's so mm -hmm. much complexity. And I wonder if that just, it, it's crazy that they could create a game that takes 15 minutes to learn and, you know, and, and a lifetime to master it, as they say, yeah. all that kind of stuff. No, you how did it. you, how did you cross paths with, uh, I'm assuming it was Steve. Yeah. Well, actually it's, <laughs> this is a pretty funny story. Um, when I, I had a birthday coming up and my wife and my very good friend, Adrian had decided that when I, when I finally turned 40, Enough was enough. They were sick of me talking about it. They were sending me down to Vegas and I was going to play in the WSOP. So for my 39th birthday, uh, my wife and my friend Adrian got together. They said, here's that we've booked this timeshare. We're going to fly you down to Vegas next year. So you've got a year to get bone up and get, you know, put your money where your mouth is because you're going to go win a bracelet next June. And so I, I was an avid podcast listener. I had I mostly was a lurker. I studied alone. This is the one thing in my poker career that I regret the most. I didn't just study with other people more often just because no one in my proximity thought about poker the way I did, which is, I'm understanding a fairly common trait for poker members, but I just wish I had reached out earlier. So I thought about joining, you know, Tournament Poker Edge, Learn Pro Poker, um, another, a couple other ones that were on my list. But these rec poker guys that just started this site and it was 10 bucks a month. And it was like my people. I was like, of all the podcasts that I listened to, this is a group of people that think about poker on the same level that I do, want to get better, have a ton of fun doing it. And so I joined Rec Poker as a premium member for $10. I think I was one of the first premium members that you guys took in. And, um, and then I just kind of, uh, the only reason Steve and I hit it off was because I would write in every once in a while with some little um, helpful tips uh, <laughs> for how he might how he might you know run the site better or you know make the schedule come a little more cleanly to people or, or that kind of thing. And honestly, I just uh, we started talking more. I started getting more involved. You know, Chris and Rob probably remember the first study groups that they hosted that this guy named poker Jim that wouldn't turn his camera on showed up to, we talked about playing wheel aces out of the big blind and uh, that kind of stuff. The very first book study. And I just opened up. I just opened up it, rec poker. I, I'll tell you, man, rec poker, like did a number on me as a person. It turned me into some, from someone who was very private and, you know, uh, preferred life on his own to someone who, makes myself vulnerable to other people, trusts other people, has great conversations with folks, shares my own private information. You know, if you told Jim from five years ago that 
a lot of people on the internet would have like my face and my name and they'd know what town I lived in and have like my poker tracker four stats online. You know, I would, I'd, you know, I'm getting hives just thinking about that Jim's reaction to it, but <laughs> it really did. It really, Steve Fredland and the rest of the gang here, I, I do feel like they've turned me into a better person by making me a better collaborator, a better citizen, just a better, a better person by sharing more. So I really do appreciate that. Well, if I thought rec poker was cool before, I think it's world class now. If it's if it's actually transformed somebody's lifestyle, oh, yeah. uh, that's not hyperbole, Greg. It has transformed my life. No, no, I I hear you, and and it's it's especially fascinating considering how effective you are in your role today as kind of a facilitator and all that sort of thing. You obviously had to have brought those skills to the table, right? That wasn't new. No, I think that's true, and I think. I think a facilitator is really probably the best way to describe me. Um, I, I've kind of wandered into the role here of playing lead guitar in this rock band that we're in, but that's not my natural role. I'm the rhythm section. I'm the guy that's just laying down the beat. It's real solid. And then the real experts and the uh, the artists can come in and perform. They can come in and lay down the solos. Um, so that's it. it it's, I, I have I have a history of, facilitating and for like helping people that are creative take their creative exploits and make them more organized or more structured or, or better in other ways than that but um yeah this is i wouldn't have told you this is how this was going to turn out <laughs> now how long would you consider yourself a lurker i mean how long did you stay behind the scenes compared to before you started sending the notes to steve um well i was i was a pre <laughs> so when i'm interviewing people i tend to talk a lot now that I'm on the other, I'm going to talk a lot today. So you're going to have to cut me off. You're going to ask me like a simple question. I'm going to say, well, it all goes back to when I was a teenager. Um, But I was kind of a happy-go-lucky outgoing person as a teenager and in my early twenties. And then, you know, life happens. We all have experiences that change the way we think about the world Um, for, to make a long story short, I just became a more private person stopped kind of trusting people as much as I used to. And that, became sort of like lurker gym you know i learned by reading books and watching videos on my own listening to podcasts while i drove um i didn't really post in forums and uh even when i joined rec poker you know it was still like listening in on the strategy conversations and i think it probably took two months before Mm -hmm. or like we had like a session every week or maybe Chris and, and Rob can remember, but it was like, we, it, we had like a different kind of section every week. And I think it took me like six weeks or so before I like slid the little field <laughs> off on my laptop <laughs> camera there. And, um, and it was really just because I felt like I was talking to my peers. Like I just felt like these were people that, that were like me and that we were coming at things from the same place and even though our experiences were different and our geography was different and like even where we were in our poker journey might be different, you know, we were still having the same human experience uh, with poker. And that, that's something that's really important to me because I think, especially today, it's too easy to feel isolated from other people and to feel like our experiences make us different. But that's, that's just window dressing, man. Like when I say your first kiss, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so does Rob and Kim and Stu and Chris and Jim and Dave and Martha here. Everyone knows what their first kiss was like. And even though our first kisses didn't have anything in common with each other, where they were, what year they were, with whom, what we were wearing, 
we all know each other a little bit when we talk about our first kiss because they also had all these experiences in common. And I think that that is kind of, that's how I think about life and how I think about people is that we all actually have a lot more in common than, uh, <laughs> than we think we do. That's awesome. I, I asked the question in part because I'm pretty sure, in fact, I'm almost certain that there's some lurkers out there in the rec poker audience. <laughs> and what I would throw out based on personal experience as well, that echoes your own is when I made a conscious decision to get involved, my ROI on my 150 bucks a year skyrocketed. Right. So if you are out there, there's just loads of resources from Binkley's PL sessions. I'll put in a plug for that uh, to things. There's a long, long list. But if you're out there in a lurker, uh, follow in Jim's footsteps and, and get involved. Yeah. And, and, and I would just follow up on that, Greg, and say, again, there is room for you here too. You know, like, like, um, I'm, I'm a client. What was that expression from those ads in the eighties? Like I'm not only the president, but I'm also a client hair club for men. Right. right? And so this is all, you know, people get involved as a, as a community member, they, um, you know, find an area of strength for them. Premium members step forward all the time and become a bigger piece of what we're doing here, whether it's joining the wrecking crew or like yourself, Greg, um, contributing an area of strength of your own. And what's great about rec poker is we've, we all love poker. But we've all become good at other things in our lives that have made us successful. And poker is just where we come to share our love for poker. So everyone's good at something. Everyone can bring some skill, some some great uh, strength to rec poker to make it great. And that's there's there's room for you here. Trust me. Awesome. So let's let's take a different spin. Poker aside, but I think we'll reconnect to it here in a second. I know because we've talked off the air that you've got a background in philosophy. I think you might even have some formal education in that space around stoicism and the like. Speak to that and, and how it fits in your life, and then also speak to how it fits with poker or vice versa. Yeah, so I, I did. I've got a BA, um, a Bachelor of Arts. I went to school out in Halifax, and I studied philosophy among uh, some other social sciences uh, for five years in the two thousands, and um, it was in in. In a lot of ways, you know, the best decision I could have made because of the tools it gave me as a person in my life uh, to think about what's important, to think about, you know, what it means for something to be true, to think about how to treat other people, you know, to, to, to just to a lot of the things that I think have helped me to understand life and enjoy life I learned through philosophy. But I spent five years getting my BA. And then as soon as I was done, I was like, well, I, I guess I'll start a home <laughs> renovation company, which is what I did. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, natural yeah. extension of your, of your <laughs> BA. Right. Um, so it definitely, um, it prepared me well for life. And I think, you know, other people that yeah. don't need to worry so much about like having a vocation available to them immediately when they get out of school or something, um, it's definitely, it's definitely something that's going to make you a better person. It's going to make you understand life better, understand other people better. Now, I think, I, I think you also said, though, that it made you a better poker player, or at oh, least absolutely. it applies to your poker game. How did, how, talk to that. Yeah. So stoicism in particular is mostly just sort of being resilient to circumstances. So another way to think about that would, and, and Rob, I would love for you to jump in on this because I know this is something that you know a lot about as well. Um, but I think about it as sort of 
not being results oriented. So, so poker folks will know what I mean when I say that. And I think um, stoicism and poker and golf have all really helped me because when I was younger, I was, I was very emotional. I had a short temper. I was an entitled brat, you know, for some part of my life and um, poker, golf, and stoicism have really helped me understand that you're not entitled to anything, that aces get cracked all the time, that you can make terrible decisions and still win, and that you can be a bad person and still win, <laughs> you know, and, and that you're just not entitled to reality conforming to your expectations as much as we would love for that to be the case. So stoicism has really helped me understand that the key to my own happiness is not allowing the circumstances that surround me to impact my own self-worth, my own sense of what's important, my own happiness. Um, to be rude about it, it's that shit is going to happen and you can't control that. But what you can control is how you respond to that. And I see that in poker a lot, whether it's in our home games, you know, every once in a while I have to write someone an email and say, hey, you kind of lost your temper in the chat and say something inappropriate <laughs> to some people in the, in, at the table. And I always tell them, listen, like we, we're all going to get upset. People get upset all the time. We can't control that. But what we can control is the actions that we take and how we let that affect other people. And that's just, that's, that's a stoic response right there. Awesome. So no tilt in your life these days. Right. But and it, it's, it's true. And in, in every part of your life, you know, that's your awesome. approach to tilt is up to you. Awesome. Awesome. And who would have known that the, Generic term for stoicism is shit happens. <laughs> you can almost see a t-shirt on the way. Right? <laughs> yeah, excuse awesome. my French on that front. That's okay. I think we, we've all been there before. So. <laughs> so you got a new role here at that rec poker. You're now mm -hmm. at the helm. Mm -hmm. and, and you're lucky because you inherited a really strong team behind you. You said it, man. What uh, what do you and the wrecking crew have in store for rec poker in the next 12 months? Mm. Well, I mean, how long you got, buddy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely. I think we're going to be expanding into the live now that, you know, the I mean, who knows what? Are we in a pandemic? Is it an endemic situation or is this just going to be like this forever? I don't know. But I think more live poker is going to be happening. And insofar as that is true we are going to be there. So I think uh, seeing more rec poker road trips, more live events, maybe partnering with some learning partners to do some teaching stuff like that. Um, that's going to be big. Chris Jones over here has been working on a, uh, a way of sort of restructuring how we present our information to premium members and how we structure the website. Uh, so I'm excited for that. And mostly the thing I'm most excited for is this ensemble act that we have going into this year, because you, you hit it, Greg. It's the wrecking crew that makes Rex Poker <laughs> special. Um, having all these members who have really bought in, like it feels more like a co-op really than anything, because we all contribute, uh, you know, a few bucks a month, many, many hours of time. And, you know, we emotional capital, we, uh, we put ourselves into this. And I think everybody gets a lot of pleasure, validation, feelings of internal, you know, like, like. I know that we're making people's poker lives better in a variety of ways through engaging with rec poker, but it's all these wrecking crew members having their own areas, their own natural passion and industry uh, and, and energy. Um, so it's hard to say what I'm excited about. Cause I'm excited about kind of, like I say, just making sure that the 
the calendar events function properly and that the forums have the right, you know, that we don't have uh, errors on the website and that the calendar works. Um, and then just, you know, me personally, just getting to talk about poker as much as freaking possible. Awesome. Yeah. I noticed you're the, the points leader for player of the year. No, that cannot be. I, I think so. Is it really? that right? Oh man. Well, I won Maybe last not. month. So I, I, it's too I early in the year. Right. Yeah, I think at least for right now. The other thing I noticed though is the last guy that ran Ref mm -hmm. Poker was Player of the Year. Is, is, <laughs> is this just coincidence, or do we need to be talking about some kind of an investigation? Yeah, that's right. Let's get so, the feds in here. Some kind of an audit or something like that. Is, is Somsky on the take? I mean, what's going on here? Can you, can well, you stack the, the deck at uh, Steve? Steve couldn't have fixed it any better in, in his last month. He won the player of the year and the championship. He got two silver pins in December. And then he was like, well, I'm never going to get to top that. So peace. And that was the end of Steve Fredlin. But uh, so, yeah, I'd love I don't think I'm going to be able to maintain that that mantle. But um, I'm definitely going to try and stay up at the top of the charts. I want that. I want that silver pin. Come you to want it bad. I, I want I, it really bad. Like, I, I'm I actually worried. I understand. Like, I'm kind of worried about how excited I get about the pins now. <laughs> like, what does this mean for me in the rest of my life? Because I, I am like, it's all downhill from here. Man. <laughs> you score that pin, it's it's the fast ascent. So you might as well start getting your stoicism wrapped around yes, that idea. Exactly. So. Well, it's like that. Uh, what is it? That serenity prayer, right? Uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to right. change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, that's that's, right. that's what it's that's all right. about. <laughs> a little more of a serious question. All right. So, you know, one of the things that I, I really was going to ask you to, to a degree was, do you ever, does this guy ever have a bad day? Because, I mean, he has enthusiasm to spare. He's just always so positive. And to the point that it's somewhat contagious in a way. And I think oh. that's awesome, especially for a facilitator. But I know from talking to you off the air that you've definitely had some success in your life, but you've also had some some pretty low points that you've had to deal with that, to kind of balance that out. Can you speak to that? Because I think it would give people a sense for who Jim Reed is and how he got to where he is today. Sure, sure. Um, I, I guess there's two things I want to say to that, uh, Craig. So the first thing is when I was a kid, like, uh, I don't know, nine or 10 or something like that, I I lived at the end of the bus loop, the end of the bus route to my high school or to my elementary school or wherever it was. And uh, one day, I don't remember what, I don't remember what made me so happy, but as I was stepping up onto the bus, I just broke out in this big smile. I think I was thinking about like baseball cards or something like that. And the bus driver was just looking at me when it happened. And then he started smiling. And then the person behind me, they started smiling and I, I just, I had this moment as a kid where I was like, like these are contagious. Like you can actually brighten someone's day just by smiling. And I also found that I was happier <laughs> when, when I was smiling. It actually made me feel better. So it's not like I intentionally decided just to smile a lot from then on, but I, I did like just realize that I was happier when I smiled and when I was feeling good it made me feel good and it made other people feel good and and then the more i kind of learned about myself and about philosophy and about my own happiness um the better i got at just being happy with what was in front of me and that's really what i guess sums it up to me is i just think there's so many great things 
in each of our lives to enjoy every day. Like there's just so much great, like our lives just have many, have so many wonderful things in them every day. If we are just grateful for that and not pissed off because it's not what we thought it was going to be, or because we caught a six pound fish, but we really wanted an eight pound fish, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff kills me um, because that's totally in your own head. Right. But, and then I think, you know, you alluded to, yeah, I've had a lot of peaks and valleys in my life. I've had some exciting times. I've run with the bulls. I've been I've jumped out of an airplane. I've, uh, you know, had some exciting traveling experiences and, but I've also, you know, um, I, I have suffered from food insecurity at one point, you know, I didn't know where Mike's meal was coming from. Uh, there was a time in my life when I didn't talk to my parents for, you know, a year or two. Uh, there was, I've kind of been this weird, I was a real goody two shoes for a while, but then I hit a dark patch in my teens, moved away from home, dropped out of high school, um, had a bunch of negative experiences in my life, came back and kind of turned it all around. But it's definitely colored my perspective on what's important and what a what a bad day looks like, I think. Uh, yes, <laughs> I think... I think my my interpretation of what a bad day looks like varied greatly over that time. And I think that perspective has helped me find the pleasure in in a very simple life since then. I've I I I've my I'm just searching for a plateau. I just want a nice, boring little small town life. Um, and I just my life's all peaks and valleys, man. So uh, yeah. For anybody that's wondering why I'm laughing, it's because Kim's typing in the chat that she must be at least 80 years old at this stage of the game. So I was not laughing at your story. No, no. Well, it's funny. I had for a while there, I was the uh, one of my nicknames was 20 by 20 because I had 20 jobs uh, in my first 20 years. We did some math when I was turning 21 and realized I actually worked at 20 different places over that time. Um, it's like, yeah, man, I, I've fit a lot in. I have fit a lot in, I'll tell you that. And now I just want to enjoy, you know, in, I, yeah, just ever since I've been like 25, I've just been like, okay, that's enough. Let's just like enjoy our life as much as we possibly can. Oh, that's awesome. That is excellent. You've had a ton of experience on this side of the interview table as part of Rec Poker. <laughs> You've watched a lot of personalities come through the Rec Poker doors heard a lot of folks in the interest of the audience, uh, maybe going back to the archives and looking at some of the folks that you've talked to, who would you, who, who comes to mind as a real compelling conversation or somebody that you think was really interesting that somebody might want to check out. So I, I was thinking about that and there are two that, that jump out. One uh, was Federer Holtz and one was uh, Carlos Welch hmm. and what they have in common they talk about poker as though it's an extension of their lives. The way that they think about poker is the way that they think about life. And when they're playing poker, they're using the same parts of their brain that they use every day in the rest of their lives. They're different people, um, but they have a lot in common in this way. And, you know, that helped me kind of think about how similar the way I think about poker and the way I think about life was as well. Mm-hmm. And I do think it is a great allegory for life. And I do think it really does give you a lot of room to learn lessons for each, but those two in particular, they really practice what they preach and you can, a lot of other people are good at life and good at poker, but when they're, they're doing different things, I just think those, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but they, I feel like when they're out there away from the poker table, they're still like enjoying the game of poker 
in mm. their in their in the rest of their life and vice versa. Right. right. Very good. Mm. If you could talk to somebody, I mean, poker's got some big personalities, some interesting people out there. If you could interview anybody for rec poker and they can be alive or they can be no longer with us, who would it be and why? <laughs> I was, uh, I think I grew up being a big reader. I would read all the time. And I had this little phase where, where I was really into Westerns and sort of that part of American history. So I think using that as an excuse, I would probably want to interview either uh, Doc Holliday or Wild Bill Hickok, because uh, uh, they've got some pretty exciting poker stories to talk about. And of course, also just that window into that time, uh, that would be fascinating to me. You know, when you when you talk about poker stories, and I'll post this to the forums as well, there's some really good audiobooks out there that are either autobiographies or biographies. One is Blood Aces, which was the story of Benny Binion. No. How he started Binion's Casino. Uh, he was not an upstanding dude. I'll, I'll kind of throw out that spoiler alert there, but that's a good one. Uh, Mike Sexton's book, Life's a Gamble. That's a really good one. He, he talks about poker through his eyes and his experiences, and he's a great storyteller anyway. And the last one is The Rise and Fall of Stewie the Kid Unger, mm. who some people think was probably the most gifted poker player of all time because he was kind of off the spectrum in terms of his mental capacity and his ability to process information. It's a sad story, though, because I almost wonder if being so far off the spectrum was why he couldn't cope off the felt and his life was kind of a mess. But he won two back-to-back bracelets, and uh, I'll post those links out on the forum. But worth a listen. You can get them on Audible or something like that. Uh, how did a guy in Ontario, Canada, become a Sealers fan, and what can we do to fix that? <laughs> Great question. Um, so that happens. I mean, as, as all Steeler fans know, it happens in the womb. Uh, it's not a choice that you get to make. It's just one of those things, you know, God chooses, God, God chose us. Uh, no, seriously, my dad, uh, my grandfather was a, a Colts fan, a Baltimore Colts fan. And so when my dad was growing up, uh, he also enjoyed, enjoyed the Colts. And uh, the, the short version of the story is he didn't really appreciate how they treated Johnny Unitas. And he decided it was time to pick a new team. He was, he'd always been a big fan of the Penn State Nittany Lions. And that was like uh, a farm team for Steelers linebackers to come in the 60s and 70s. So he made a really wise choice to start rooting for the uh, Steelers in, I think, 69 or 70 or something like that. He really snuck in there. Like he really timed that particularly well. <laughs> and then when I came along, um, the 70s greatness had, had kind of passed, but it was still a Sunday tradition. Um, I watched basically every Pittsburgh Steelers game that's been televised since I was born, most of them with my dad. And, uh, you know, back then you'd have to, they weren't all televised. You'd have to like get the newspaper the next day and, and find out who actually won or if you wanted to get any interesting stats or anything like that. Um, yeah, go Colt, says Jim Gibson. Yeah, that's right. You know what's up. <laughs> um, and that was it. And that was it. And, and I, I enjoyed them through some stinky years, folks, just in case anybody's wondering, uh, you know, those 80s and 90s teams were not exactly the cream of the crop in every year. But uh, um, I've, it's and, and I'm one of those not perfectly well adjusted people, Greg. So I, I can't like 
just be like a, a light touch fan with things. I, I kind of get right up. You're all that. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, okay, so I have to be able to like name the, every person on the roster and their number. And like, I get invested in this kind of stuff. Wow. No fair weather fans. In this no, wow. no, no, exactly. You're there for the, through the thick and the thin and everything in between. I, I mean, I basically got my next tattoo is either going to be the Steelers logo or the rec poker logo. So gotcha. I'm just saying, I don't know if we're going to do another contest for that. That might take a little longer, but that it is could. on the table. Yeah, it could. I did not write this next question, Jim. Uh-oh. And I didn't really, I'm not sure I completely understand it, but I think you will. So I'm just going to read it <laughs> okay. and, then you, and then you can go with that. Uh, I understand you have a flirtation with running for town crier. Tell us what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so so town crier is an official position in some small towns in Canada, and it and you literally <laughs> you get the you unroll the scroll and you do the old <clears throat> hear ye, hear ye, I bring this you know ceremony to begin you know, whatever the spiel is. Um, but in in Coburg, they had had this guy; he had been the town crier for like 50 years or something like that. And he was a really beloved member of the community. Cause every time they cut a ribbon, there he is, you know, like he's there doing this for every town meetings, fairs. And so he passed uh, a few years ago hmm. and my wife said, Oh, well you should, you should do it. Like you should put your name in. I'm like, Oh, we just moved here. I, you know, it doesn't feel right. Um, and then I, the more I thought about it, I was like, I would love to be the town crier. Man. Like that, that would actually be such a fun thing to do. I, I'm going to go put my name in the ring. I'm going to go see like what it takes. I, I can talk loudly. Right. Um, <laughs> so I went after like a week of humming and hawing and they had just closed the freaking uh, call for, for applications like the previous Friday. I, I missed my window. I slept through it. And, oh, you know, no. I don't even, I don't even know who they picked. I stopped even paying attention after that. I, I'm sure they're doing oh. a great job, but I don't even want to know about it. Man. Oh, no. So is yeah. that one of those, is it like a Supreme Court job or something? At last <laughs> they last have time? it for life. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't, you can't make another run at it. It might defend, it might defend regionally. I remember the Halifax okay. town crier, that one, he was there for, he was there for life. Trust me based wow. on. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I might've missed my shot. And I think yeah. I know who wrote that question too. <laughs> you could probably guess. Yeah. Probably so I was watching your trash talk video from Erect Madness. <laughs> yeah. and, and the question was asked is what's your secret for producing videos that only consume five pixels? Because it's <laughs> pretty darn blurry. Like a low budget exercise there. Or so. <laughs> yeah, I realized that afterwards. I sent it to Chad. It was Chad, so it's all power to Chad McPhee, who had this. He's so cool. He does so much great stuff on, on our yeah. videos and our social media stuff and getting the word out so people know how to join us for things. And he, and he, he had this idea to do these trash talk videos. And it was just such a fun thing to do. So I, I thought I was doing it perfectly. I, I, I've, I'm sitting in the, I'm not driving, obviously sitting at the car, just like there is ready for it. I thought I had it all perfectly together. And I guess the version I sent it to him, it did look like five pixels is actually a little generous Four, I feel like <laughs> that, I mean, those like each corner of the screen. We were, we were wondering if there was a Canadian tariff on bandwidth. <laughs> That's probably there, what it but, is. Uh, well, yeah. we just unrolled the internet a few weeks ago. So it's, we're still finding a little, gotcha. uh, finding some bugs in the, in the framework here. I, I do have to give a shout out to Chris Jones because his was classic. Oh. If you guys haven't seen it, find it on YouTube. It's yeah. uh it's it's a production. Chris, Chris, is, 
Chris, Chris has made a turkey crest, but uh, that's that's some good stuff. So. That was a grave miscalculation, Chris, because now we all know how good you are at that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. and you don't want to do that around here, my friend. You Set got yourself in a lot of trouble. Darn now. High. Yeah. Pretty darn high. <laughs> if you were talking to somebody, Jim, who was brand new to rec poker, there is so much stuff out there. Where would yeah. you tell them to start? Oh, great question. Great question. Where would I tell them to start? I would say just book off Wednesday nights and on, on different Wednesdays, you can join in the book study with Rob. You can come to the focus where we look at different software tools every month with the developer. Um, you can come to the online review and hang with me where we look at the final table of last month's tournament of champions and uh, go over the action hand by hand. And then we're, all, we're also going to have our monthly theme Q&A uh, with Chris Jones at the end of the month which is going to be talking about everything that month, all the videos we released that month, all the learning sessions we had that month are all going to be tied to the same theme. And then at the end of the month, folks can come and, uh, and talk to Chris and the rest of the panel about that. So Wednesday nights, I would say just start booking off Wednesday nights and don't, you don't have to come every Wednesday, but um, come and check that kind of stuff out. And then um, there's just, there's something for everybody. I would say go to the groups page and just, just scroll and join some groups and, uh, and you'll find whether it's independent study, studying with videos, one-to-one coaching. Um, there's just a ton of different ways, a ton of different ways uh, to connect. It's it's it, it's a big problem. It, all these different ways it's to connect. Chris can Chris can have. speak to this. Yeah, it, I guess it, so. It is a big problem. You're right. It's a there big a buffet. Lot to draw from, so. There is true. It's true. And, and honestly, the, the home games, the home games are free, and um, it's yeah. a great way to go. And yeah, as Kim says in the chat uh, here, it's a great way to go play in an encouraging, positive environment. Um, you can meet other other folks uh, there that think about poker the same way you do. It's a play money game, but people take it seriously and not just because of the great weight of the pins. Um, I think people just know that to get better, you have to try. You have to try your hardest. The home games are a great opportunity to just put in reps in a tournament setting yes because as you said i mean people do play their best for the most part it's not like facebook poker or some of the other nonsense that's out there for these free rolls and things like that so yeah yeah i definitely put in a a vote there and then and then there are a couple other like free things like on thursday night joining um taylor's twitch channel is is awesome he talks through his action all the time so that's a great way to learn about poker um and yeah, we have a bunch of other free stuff on the YouTube uh, channel. Yeah, too, people I, go check out the free videos there. And I, since I'm in the mode here of giving shout outs, I'd give a shout out to Kim and Taylor who did, mm-hmm. I think, an awesome job of the um, commentary on the Marek Madness. I was yeah. watching that yesterday and their enthusiasm was making it a lot of fun to watch, much better than just watching the replay of, of hand action and that kind of stuff. So. Uh, I'm down down to about a couple of questions. So after I get through these, we can open it up to the panel. So if you guys want to start thinking about what kind of questions you want to pose to Mr. Reed, we'll be there here pretty soon. Uh, I may have had my data point off. I don't know if you're the point leader either way, but you're doing well in the tournament scene. But I know that your heart is in cash games. You're not a tournament player. Why do you... What do you prefer? What do you prefer about cash games over tournaments? And then the second part of the question would be: I'm a tournament guy. I've just started trying to dabble a little bit in cash games, and while I can't explain it, it feels like a different game to me. What's your perspective as somebody that has a foot in both both sides? So it definitely is. It it's it's the same game being played differently. 
I think that's true because your, uh, your goals are, are kind of different and your priorities are different and the things that you need to avoid are, are kind of different. So the, the reason that, and I'm, I think I probably do prefer cash if I'm being honest with myself. I think I do prefer it um, because I can sit down and stand up whenever I want. I don't have to chain myself to a tournament schedule. Um, if I'm if I don't like the table, I can just go change to a different table that I think suits my play better. Um, you know what I really like about tournaments is large field MTTs where you can just bink some crazy huge multiplier, take your shot, and all of a sudden you've you know, you, when you're playing cash, it's hard to take your buy-in and walk away with more than like five buy-ins. It's just hard to do that. It doesn't happen very often. Mm. But in a tournament, an MTT tournament, you could get like a thousand times your buy-in um, if you play it first. And it doesn't take, it takes like basically the same amount of time. Um, so that's, 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 I mostly play, I realize now, I mostly just enjoy playing cash. I make money playing cash. I get to enjoy the intellectual pursuit of poker playing cash. And then I just take some of those winnings and I donk them off in a large, uh, MTT field every <laughs> once in a while, trying to take a shot. Um, that's where you give it back, right? That, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, and, and I think mostly the thing about cash is stack sizes don't really change. Blinds don't change. Um, you can be sitting across from the same people for the entire time that you're there. And so a, you get to kind of tailor your game to exploit those particular people better, which is, I think, something that I'm good at. And also with deeper stacks, you can apply pressure on people more easily, not more easily. You can apply more pressure on people more often. Um, and that's, again, just something that I think the more the more poker people play, the more naturally you get a sense of when can I apply pressure here? And if that's true, then... Um, uh, it, you know, it's easier to do that with a big stack. Cool. Good. Yeah. Um, I know you have a passion for helping others to improve their game. I think that comes through and, and I have, uh, to date anyway, always ended these interviews, at least my portion of the questions with the same question around the 80, 20 rule and that sort of thing. But I know from talking to you offline that you have recognized, and I've heard this before as well, that, you can study something and understand it, mm. but you can truly internalize it when you teach someone else. And so, and I know you do personal coaching and that thing, but you're obviously involved in a teaching mode when you're facilitating a lot of these conversations and that sort of thing. When you look at your own game and you, you've told me you feel like your game has been stronger, become stronger through this teaching uh, capacity, what elements of your game do you think have benefited the most and then if you related that to the idea that said somebody could study, you know, all day, every day, and that's just not realistic. What are the 20% of the things that they could look at that you think could be 80% of the ROI? So, I mean, great question, Greg. Um, <clears throat> and I was looking at my graph a little while ago in Poker Tracker, and to the month when I started creating some of the training content here at Rec Poker, I, my, my line starts going up a little more sharply than it did before. Mm -hmm. And so this isn't just, I mean, it's anecdotal, but it's not unscientific. Uh, I, I think a passive learning is great and you retain some knowledge, but it's a function of our brains that when we need to think about a concept in such a way that we're putting it into our own words, we actually need to kind of know that concept backwards and forwards a little more 
in order to explain it to somebody else. So I think something just from like a brain chemistry point of view, just the, the way that our brains work, um, when you have to actually put something into your own words, that makes you learn it better. So that is definitely true. And then on the other side, on the other side of it, I think the stuff that's been the most, that's made the biggest difference for me as a teacher and not as a learner is the accountability of needing to really have something figured out. And, and, I, and so I'm talking about the non-sexy, boring part of poker study, like math. So 100%, when I'm studying and I'm thinking about, you know, learning about uh, equity and odds and figuring out like, you know, um, a lot of the formulas that you have to know sort of in the back of your mind. When I'm learning about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I get that. And then I move on. But I don't really get it. <laughs> and I, I don't really want to put the time in to like actually understand it backwards and forwards. But if I'm going to like, you know, I do these study groups on Saturdays for Learn Pro Poker members. And you better believe if I'm going to try and explain something that Ryan LaPlante is putting up some mathematical proof for on one of the slides, then yeah, I'm going to do the math. And having to just hold myself to that rigorous standard of even just doing the work myself, that accountability I think uh, just makes makes it easier to learn, makes makes the learning more effective. I guess is what I'm trying to say for sure. So it's the it's the not sexy part of it, Greg. Unfortunately, is the twenty percent. It's like the real boring fundamental stuff. It's the nose to the grindstone. Yeah, it's the, yeah. It's working through the 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 math, as you say, and and some of the technicalities of it all. That's right. And and, it, and it's you know um, teach a man to fish, not give a man a fish. Because, you know, easy answers are great. And we talk about this, Chris and Rob and Kim and I all the time on the show, about how you can, like, tell someone the answer to something. But if they can't think about why that's the case or get there on their own, then you're just giving them a fish. And you're right. just, just going to be back tomorrow for another fish. Um, right. So, we, really, it's about thinking about poker, thinking about what are the factors that we should be considering. And, um, and that, takes, that takes someone's to help you with that, too, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I don't know. If, I don't know if I answered your question, Doc. Right? You did answer my question. No, you absolutely did answer my question. Uh, I'd like to open it up to everybody else. I mean, we've got folks I know out there listening in from the podcast. Kim's got her hand up. Go for it, Kim. Um, I have two questions for Jim. Um, I think the first one was um, I was one of Greg's final questions. I had mine written down. Um, and it, it went back to when you were saying how much you enjoyed your life uh, now as sort of, you know, quiet in the small town, not so many peaks and valleys. And for me, I think that tournament poker is a huge mm -hmm. roller coaster of mm -hmm. peaks and valleys and excitement. That's why I that's why I'm drawn to tournaments. And I think you've already answered the question because you are more of a cash game player and like that sort of line that doesn't really go up and down much, just sort of, you yes. know, yeah. maybe a slow climb, but it's just a slow climb. Um, do you think that that is partly why, because your personality and what you want out of life now is more sort of, or do you miss the roller coaster and the thrill of those highs and lows of tournament poker. 
I mean, so I'm going to give a classic poker answer and say it kind of depends. It sort of depends a little um, because I I have I, I'm a little bit lucky because I'm I mean I'm I'm lucky in a lot of ways, but in this particular way I'm lucky because the first day I bought Poker Tracker, the very first tournament I entered was the Big Twenty Two on Poker Stars. It was a Carnival edition, so it was like the biggest Big Twenty Two they ever had, and I won it. And I am never going to win that much money ever again in my life playing poker. So there's no, like, the, the, the thrill of the MTT win, I sort of feel like I've already shot my shot on that. And, like, it would kind of be irresponsible for me to expect to ever enter a tournament with that many players again and win it. So How much did you win, Jim? Uh, a little over $35,000 off, oh. off a $22 entry. And it had like nice. 15,000 runners in it or something like that. Oh yeah. my gosh. How long did the tournament take? It was like 12 hours or something. It, okay. was, it was less time than you thought, okay. um, than you'd think. And so, you know, and, but, but I've always, I've never played bigger stakes. Like I've always kept my, uh, it, that, that didn't become my bankroll. Let me put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the, the thrill of like, it's not, I don't hear that siren call as strongly as I used to, I guess. So it's easier for me to not, not, not care as much about that. I think. All right. I, my second question is um, something that I had wondered about for a long time. And I'm sure there's a lot of Jim Reed fans out there and (laughs) people that watch you and have no idea what you look like under that hat. (laughs) (laughs) So we, are you looking for a grand reveal here, Kim? Is that what we're? <laughs> well, I think you should. I think you should show uh, Rec Poker Nation the real Jim Reed. Yeah, that's fair. That's okay. Yeah, we'll get um, lose some audio here. It's just it's just a lot. It's just a, actually the, the hat itself really helps. The hat itself really helps. The the real problem is, um, and my wife and anyone who knows me um, can attest to this. In fact, uh, Martha, who's here in the chat, can attest to this as well. Um, my hair is like wild and crazy and goes all over the place all the time. So I was hoping to see it that way. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Luckily, the hat, the hat is the hat is doing its job right now. But yeah, if I don't if I don't have the hat on, like it's it's impossible to take me seriously. It is the answer to your question, Kim. It is just impossible to take me seriously if I'm not wearing a hat, or if I'm like just out of the shower and it's like you know down, or I've got like four liters of gel in it or something like that. So yeah, it's just because I have too much respect for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think a final table um, live game should be on your bucket list because that's pretty thrilling. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think Jim right. Gibson says that Jim's hair is glorious. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually seen it at the Rec Poker House. So that's right. First. Yes, exactly. Anyone who was down at the Rec Poker House will know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> You should be proud. Glorious is a, is a cool adjective for your hair. Yeah, use it while I've got it, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jim. You're doing an awesome job. Everybody, uh, everybody loves your your uh, demeanor and um, everything that you, uh, the whole vibe you put off. Oh, it makes thanks, everyone Jim. smile. Thanks. Absolutely. That's that's extremely kind of you. Thank you. Who else has a question? Rob, you look like you got a question. I knew it. I could see it. <laughs> Why Grolsch? Ah, yes. Another another family <laughs> tradition. 
So when I was a kid, we have this family cottage up near Kingston. And um, it was my uncles all drank Grolsch. And back then, <clears throat> all we had were those glass swing top bottles with the ceramic lids. And so it just became this thing that was like, the family's having a fun time. I'm enjoying this experience. There's these cool green bottles with the cool little lids on them. And so it just became, and then, and then it became the beer that you steal from your uncles when you get slightly older and drink um, with your friends. And uh, so I've always kind of had this pleasant association with it. And I just think it's an excellent beer. It's pretty cheap in Canada compared to other, uh, other brands out there. And I am a bit of a life knit. Uh, the Carlos Welch and I have that in common. So uh, it's just, it's a match made in heaven. So come at me, Grosh. I'm looking, come on. We got to get this Grosh sponsorship. Let's do this. Come on. Now, is there a Grosh distributor or a brewery somewhere in Canada, or is this all coming from the Netherlands? I believe it's all coming direct from the Netherlands, although it wouldn't surprise me if they had some sort of like Labatt. Um, yeah. Oh, hold or on. Wilson I'm checking. No, the Netherlands. I think this comes, they, they ship this baby overseas. Quality, oh. quality beer from a quality establishment. That's why I like Grolsch. <laughs> that's that's the clip we send them right there. They're listening in right now. You can only hope. Well, Jim, I had I had a question because you mentioned uh, kind of coming to poker through a variety of other games. In fact, you mentioned that you made money playing backgammon. Um, I'm curious. Do is as poker kind of taken over your sort of gaming life, or do you still are you still do you still play bridge and euchre and backgammon? And are you still like a multi multi game player at this point? I, I mean, I absolutely still love all those games. I love finding new games. Um, it's been hard playing games over the last couple of years with people. Obviously, uh, my wife and I recently opened Settlers of Catan for the first time, and we've been playing like a two player ver- variant of that. Um, but yeah, it was mostly, um, poker. Yeah. I'm trying and like the, the friends that I was friends with in high school, I'm still f- close with a lot of that group. And so we still play backgammon all the time. And, uh, backgammon was kind of like that one. When I started my first, um, home renovation company, it was called Boxcars Unlimited. And the, the logo was the two sixes rolled on the dice, um, with the, with the boxcars frets. And I just think that's like a, you got to have fun when you come to this kind of stuff. And when when I started this company, uh, Very Picky Incorporated, which is the the company that I work with in Canada, um, I made sure that the colors were black and yellow for my Steelers and that the initials were VPI uh, for poker. So it's just, it's, it's a, it, it's like games are a big part of my life. They always have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, And that was maybe in some ways, like the most fun I've ever had in my life skipping off class in high school and going over to T masters cafe and just, uh, just, you know, putting a little something in my pocket, playing backgammon and euchre and hearts and spades. That was, those were good times. If anybody listening in has a question, you can type it in the chat and we'll relay it. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, uh, that I wanted to, seize the spotlight that you've yeah, teased is, you've teased everything I mean, good of, out of me guys one of my favorite questions is there are is are there any questions you wish you would have been asked <laughs> yeah that's right uh let me see hard to say no i don't think so all right i'm a very private person chris 
Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think we we all sort of echo what Kim says. You know, we, you you bring so much to Rick Poker. We're also grateful for all the work that you do. It's kind of really nice to have an episode where we can just kind of listen to you and get to know you a little bit better. But um, thank thank you for all you do for Rick Poker. Thanks, Chris. I yeah. I appreciate that, and it's you know, I, I you guys, everyone on the panel does a lot of work here, so. I'm kind of the one that they're putting at the front of the queue, but it's really, you know, I just, I just make the calendar go properly. That's, that's what I think is my job basically here. Um, we got one question from Jim Gibson. Um, how many tattoos do I have? I have three tattoos at various, various points of my life. Um, uh, one is in Latin and the other two are in Greek. If you want to know what kind of nerd I am. Do you regret any of those now? Because you say at various points in your life, I mean, there's obviously things you did as a younger man that you may regret today. Yeah, I I think I don't regret any of them. There's one that I would have maybe just done like slightly differently as I learned more about myself in the world. Um, But I'm glad I'm glad that I did them. And and they mean uh, exactly what I want them to mean to me. Uh, Good question. Anybody else? We did it. We exhausted them. Great. Well, I think that might be a wrap. Um, Great job, Jim. I think uh, I know I've had fun getting to know you, getting to know the man behind under the cap. (laughs) Under the cap. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So that's great. Well, yeah, thanks. And uh, thank you, Greg, for stepping in and taking on this mantle. Greg's working his way through the uh, through the core team. Rob Washam, I think you're next one of these days. We're going to be putting our sights on you, buddy. For all of Rob's secrets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Something tells me Rob's got some good stories. Yeah, I I had a chance to drink a couple of beers with Rob down in Vegas. I want to hear some more details about some of those stories. I'm not the only person who's had a long, colorful life uh, bringing them them through. He's just got more practice with it than I do. <laughs> uh yeah, and then I guess uh we'll do home game results and get into all the usual community stuff. And I just want to thank everyone and, and the listeners for giving us that last hour of listening to me yammering on. I, I appreciate that. And I just can't stress enough how much I appreciate what Rec Poker has meant to me, Steve Fredland himself, and um just the other people that I've met. Like these are real friends of mine um that I've met through this group. And I I feel quite privileged to be um, as involved as I am with this group. So really, thank you again. Very good. That's a wrap. Right, well, well, I will, uh, I'll transition us over to the, to the home game results. Um, no John Somsky tonight. So oh, right. am, am I, am I doing this? Sure. If you like, do you <laughs> I have sure can. Do you I, have I always do make it. fun of John and now I'm going to be doing it. So uh, I'm sure I'll mess it up about six or seven times. Uh, um, but okay. So we've got the home game winners for the last week. Um, uh, we had our no limit Hold'em championship series on Wednesday, March 2nd. And our winner there was Ziva five, seven, three, five. So congratulations to them. That was the, they have a private uh, identifier, but they're, that was their first victory ever. And they took a, took a big one out of that. Um, and then in terms of the nightly events on February 28th, uh, we had Hawsey 08 win, um, which was the, their second daily uh, victory and their sixth lifetime or second of the year in their sixth lifetime. 
Um, on March 1st, we had Jay Mayusa, which is not a name I'm recognizing, but I see that they have three three wins. So yeah, they're the one. A, a newer player or something. They, that's they've a... driven the furthest to be here tonight. I think they're playing from Japan, if memory serves. They're on a tear. Oh, really? They're on a tear. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he beat me heads up twice. Oh, really? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, and I don't know what, I, Oh, and then, so yeah, March 2nd was the championship series on March 3rd. Uh, one of our favorites, captain walleye, Rob Abson. Nice. Uh, one. Um, and then on March 4th, uh, our own Fergie 56, Kim Kilroy Ooh. won her, uh, second of the year in her 13th lifetime. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. And then on March 5th, uh, to close out the week of the nightly events, we had uh, Chalada, which was oh, Ben. Oh, Ben. Yeah, nice. Congrats, Ben. Um, their first uh, daily of the year and their second nightly uh, lifetime. And then uh, for the mixed series, we had uh, poker. I can't remember what the, what was the mixed series, this this last one. Does hmm. anyone remember? I couldn't the, play in it this What month. the game was? I couldn't play either. So I think it was Pot PLO. And so Poker Karma 96, Kim Lepa won that nice. for her first uh, daily mixed uh, ever. So congrats to Kim. Mm. Uh, and then the two international events we had uh, on the morning event uh, or the early event uh, with uh, uh, on March 5th was uh, KJ suited 87, Gerald Kramer won uh, their first uh, daily international and first lifetime. Uh, and then the later one was Mick Mac 1024, Virginia Neely. Uh, Virginia won their first ever international series as well. And then to close out the week, our LPP uh, Sunday event was M Babker, Michael Babker yes, Michael. won the LPP game. And of course, if you win that, all you have to do is email Jim at rec poker and you can get yourself a free month at Learn Pro Poker. That's which, right. Uh, their content is uh, just getting better and better all the time. So if you win that free month, definitely take advantage because it's a uh, it's a uh, great stuff. So, um, and then of course the other thing going on in the home game world or whatever is just keep on tuning in every Thursday night. We've got Marek Maznis every Thursday in March, um, and those uh, will be whittling our way down to a champion um as we kind of make our way through and that the first series we saw uh kim did a great job taylor did a great job that was fun to watch um and um it'll be kind of fun as we as we kind of get get a little bit closer to so those are the home games yeah folks can go to rec.poker slash marek if they want to get more details on that and yeah michael babker you lucky duck Email me, Jim, at rec.poker, and we'll get you that free month at Learn Pro Poker. Way to go. So what else is going on in Memberland, uh, gang? Chris, the theme for April is final tables and ICM, right? Yeah, we we um, we replicated uh, the, the Venom ACR's biggest, uh, you know, $10 million guaranteed tournament. We replicated the final table there. Um, and we're going to look at some, some spots that came up, some ICM spots. Um, and I think that, and then we're going to very soon, we're going to be announcing, um, kind of a a new way of doing some of our content. Um, we're going to be starting to announce some sequences of themes that we'll be doing over a series of months. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And those will start uh, after we finish up 
that April uh, content that'll start rolling out. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. This is going to be super sweet. And we've got a bunch of special guests getting involved with that as well. So every month we'll have different people that you will be excited about contributing in different ways. Um, Chris is really putting together quite a plan here. So I'm stoked for that as well. And Rob, we got some news in the uh, book study, right? Yep. I, uh, I've made an executive decision. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to study uh, strategies for beating small stakes poker tournaments by yes. Jonathan Little. Whoa, yeah. Starting March 16th. Um, it's a short book. It's an easy book. I think it it it's it can be you can get it for free on pokercoaching.com. Nice. So it's a free download, ebook download. So anybody can join it. You don't have to buy the book. It's there. Everybody can be involved in it. And I think it really fits in well with the whole rec poker vibe from the standpoint it's a uh, small stakes tournaments it's how to be successful uh beating that those small stakes tournaments because really that's what we do right that's what we try to do anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is we try to beat those small stakes tournaments so i think it really fits well with the whole rec poker vibe uh looking forward to it and in the meantime i have a list of like 20 books that are out there in the book study group um, and we'll go through that selection process like we did last year, probably whittle it down, have some surveys, get it down to where we find the book that everybody wants. But I wanted to get a little something in between, just a little something to keep us keep us excited and keep us going. So I hope everybody can join us on March 16th for the uh, first session of Strategies for Beating Small Stakes Poker Tournaments. Nice. And so that's going to that's gonna be basically the week this episode comes out. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, come join us on the next day, the 16th. And that'll be kind of just a, hey, how are you? Get to know you session. Um, I imagine you guys won't really get into the meat of the text until the next one, which is on the first Wednesday of April, which is April 6th. So you do have a little while. If you haven't got the book already, you got tons of time. Uh, to go to pokercoaching.com, uh, a great site. We're friends with uh, Jonathan Little, and he's been a great friend of the show as well. So I know you'll get a lot of you'll get a lot of value out of that free book and unpacking it with Rob over the next little while. Rob, do you think this will take uh, more sessions or fewer sessions than Michael Acevedo's Modern Poker? <laughs> I'm gonna guess that it's gonna take fewer. I'm just, right. just throwing it out. I'm I'm going with the under. <laughs> personal challenge personal challenge going, going with the end no i this one you know it might we might be done with this in two or three sessions right on cool because it's it's not like i say it's not a real thick book it it uh, doesn't have a lot of formulas and a lot of uh you know we're not doing gto solves or anything like that it's all very um getting to know your opponents and how to play against the various opponent types nice so that's really what we're going to be talking about so it's going to be I think we're going to be able to breeze through it pretty quickly and get a lot of really good discussion going. Nice. And of course, Jonathan Little is just one of the many uh, folks that we work with here at Rec Poker. Another one is Gareth James. And so we're really excited about every month we have a little Q&A with Gareth James. He's shared um, some fantastic training videos about um, breaking down uh, situations where you have an opportunity to see bet in position on the flop turn and river where we've gone very deep into some of the details of that. And I'd encourage our premium members to check that out. The next session is on uh, March 19th, Saturday at 1 PM Eastern noon central. 
and we're going to be going over the principles of seabedding and position uh, on every street. And we're going to look at polarized versus condensed ranges with Gareth James. He's just going to come and talk to our premium members and take their questions about this amazing stuff. So come get a piece of that. Um, if you are listening to this, the week that it comes out, you've got until Friday the 18th to go to unshuffled.io and enter their free challenge. They're doing a no limit hold'em challenge. It's the rec poker challenge. And you get a chance to go and play 10 hands at just like everybody else in the world who's taking this week to go to unshuffled.io and play these 10 hands of poker. And at the end, the number of chips that you have is your score. And you're going to be compared on a leaderboard to all the other players in the world who played in this rec poker challenge. And it's free to enter, but we're going to give away some prizes. So if you life knits like me, get a chance to go take advantage of this free roll and you can win some prizes, some gift cards, free membership at rec poker, uh, some other stuff like that. So go check that out. Unshuffled.io. And what uh, the only other thing on that note is um, on the end of the month, on the 30th, Jake Hirschfield from Unshuffled is going to come and do his first of a series of monthly demos for different mixed games. So uh, the mixed game in April is uh, Limit Hold'em. So he's going to come in in March and he's going to do a little demonstration of how to play Limit Hold'em, how it differs from No Limit Hold'em and stuff like that. Uh, the, the, the game the month after that is probably a little more uh, esoteric than Limit Hold'em to some of our No Limit Hold'em users. Uh, so you can come and get a demo on that, whether it's uh, I'm not even gonna. I don't even remember what it is right now. Something weird. I'm gonna need someone to show me how to play this game. I guess is what I'm saying. So if if you're like that, come and uh, check that one out on March 30th. And then the last thing I'll say is uh, we are doing this amazing contest. Well, I think it's pretty amazing because I get to play in the tag team event number 55 uh, with a Rec Poker Premium member. Who's it gonna be? I don't know, but it's gonna be someone who on June 1st is an active premium member at rec.poker. Because what we're going to do is we're going to put all those names in a hat, pull one out, and then that member, if they can get themselves to Las Vegas for June 26th, is going to play in event number 55 as my tag team partner. We're going to put up your $500 entry, and then you and I are going to go win a freaking bracelet for rec poker and be a part of that story. I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not really going to win the bracelet, but we, we could, someone has to win the bracelet, right? You know, they're not going to like end the tournament without someone winning it. Mathematically could be us. You don't know. So, <laughs> so come along and have some fun with us. Um, sign up in May, be a premium member. You'll get a chance to check out all this amazing stuff that Chris is putting on use code rec poker. And it's five bucks, five freaking bucks, folks. Can't go wrong with that. All right. Well, that was the last thing I wanted to, um, get the word out there for I want a lot of people entering that contest so we can have some fun in the tag team event. The gyms, yes, Jim Gibson in the chat. That's right, Team Jim J squared. Yes, I see where this is going and I like it. All right, but no thumb on the scales. We're just gonna do the. We're gonna do the draw. I can't let my personal no, because of course I want I want I want to be on Team Jim now. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, anything else we should be telling our members about? We should let them go home, huh? All right, I guess you're right. I'd love to thank um, our members here in the chat as well. Uh, Fortune, yes, exactly. That's um, I'm just going to keep flopping. Uh, I'm just going to keep flopping sets whenever I play cash. That's my only strategy that wins. It's the only way to do it. Thank you, and thanks to Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino. 
um, website AMP. Of course, Steve Fredlin for making all this happen. Chris, uh, Dave, Martha, Jim, uh, Kip. No, we're not going to make it. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.